the Devi Debate Draft Profile Show. Quarterback. Standing strong in the pocket, winds up down the field. Oh, he put the biscuit in the basket. When I'm looking at the quarterback position, it all comes down to the feet. You want to see what they're doing in the pocket, whether it's clean, whether they're under pressure, what they do when they get outside of the pocket. Can they make those off-platform throws? How good is their arm? Can they fit it into those tight windows? Running backs. And he's got an opening. Elliott, off to the races. Can they catch him? talking about running back for fantasy football you have to be able to do one you have to be one of two things but preferably both either one you are deployed in the passing game or two you are a tremendous size adjusted athlete those are the only two things that exist on the top of the food chain in fantasy football at running back being able to catch the ball wide receivers you got barbecue back there, and you didn't invite me. Hurt my feelings. So what do I look for when I'm evaluating wide receivers? There are really kind of three or four things that I like to look for when I'm watching these guys. The big one is how do they win? And I want to see a guy that can either win constantly in multiple ways, but if they can't. I mean, we're here to talk tight ends tonight. I think everybody's favorite position to talk about and to scout and to watch. And it's just, you know, so easy to watch these guys in college and think who's going to be good in the NFL. So uh, just a real straightforward show from everybody, right? I mean, I'm actually really excited for this show because – I there's nothing that warms my heart more than the under the radar players. And I've got two of them today. Not only do I have two of them, but these are two players who haven't made it to like the general conversation. Like I was, I loved Zach Wilson early and then he, that became boring to talk about. I liked Ramondre and then that became boring to talk about. These two guys are still, you know, not really being discussed uh, in the general population, so I'm still still excited. It's not boring to talk about them yet. No. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, so just so everybody's listening and they kind of know where, where we're going to be going with this show, um, I'm talking to uh, Noah Gray, tight end from Duke here this evening. Felix is going to be discussing Zach Davidson and uh, Tommy Tremble, and then Matt is going to cover uh, Brevin Jordan, right? Or did I get that wrong? Is that, that who you've got, Matt? Yeah, yeah, Brevin Jordan. Yeah. Brevin Jordan. Perfect. Okay. And I guess we'll save him for last. So I guess I guess he's the best player of the ones we're talking about tonight. I don't really know, but uh, he definitely is. He definitely is. No so, question about it. So since you have two Felix, why don't you kick us off with uh your choice of of your two tight ends that, that you've got here? I I guess I'll save the under the radar guy, the more under the radar guy second. Um, So I'm going to start with Tommy Tremble, the the Notre Dame tight end. 
man, you have to be really excited about watching uh, Tommy Tremble because of how versatile he is. But let me, I guess, let's start with his basic. Uh, 6'4", 248, close to 250. He came in at 225 and has added 25 pounds. I mean, he's really that that ideal height. Date of birth, June 2nd, 2000. Um, so he's going to be 213 at the time the NFL season starts, everybody knows, you know, he got, he was sandwiched right in between Cole Komet and, on one end and Michael Mayer on the other, but still kind of held his own and had to be, I mean, he essentially had to be used in that Notre Dame offense. They used him in a variety of different ways. Um, came out of Norcross, Georgia. His dad actually went to Georgia, was a defensive back, and won a Super Bowl with the Cowboys in 1995. Not only that, but his grandfather on his mom's side uh, was an Atlanta Falcon. So this guy has NFL blood through and through. He breaks his ankle his senior year after two games uh, uh, at his uh, Wesleyan, a private. Uh, he transferred to a private high school his senior year, bro- breaks his ankle uh, after two games, and you know, he was the number 20 tight end in the country, and then probably because of that, he never actually got to move up. 475th planked, 475th ranked player overall, three-star prospect, um, had offers from Georgia, had offers from Michigan, Notre Dame, but decided between Michigan and Notre Dame, decided to go to Notre Dame, go away from his dad's alma mater. In 2017, this is the thing that's like, it's exciting about Tommy Tremble that gives you context for what he looks like on the field. At, at, at the opening in the regional in, in, in Atlanta in 2017, 4 6 3 40 time, the fastest for a tight end. 4.20 shuttle, the fastest time for a tight end. 35.8 vertical jump, one of the highest vertical jumps for a tight end. 111.33 uh, spark score one of the highest spark ratings for a tight end. So this is a guy who came in very athletic. Now you would expect that for a 225 pound player at that time, but if he's maintained that athleticism or improved upon it at 250 pounds, now that he has the ideal size, I mean, he's going to be a a hit and I think he's going to be a hit. So 2018, he red shirts 2019. He's a backup to Cole commit, but he's still fourth on the team in receptions. And then this year has kind of deployed in in all sorts of ways in that note. He lines up in the backfield. He's a lead blocker. He lines up in line. He lines up in the slot and runs and runs routes. Um, if there's one word to describe Tommy Tremble, I it would just be violence. I was just watching his 2019 game, 2019 game against um, Bowling Green. And there's a screen. He's in the slot on one play and runs, and they run a screen pass to his side, or they fake it, and you can hear his pads making contact with this cornerback that he destroyed. And he he loves to block. And yeah, that's not going to score us fantasy points. However, when you can line up in line and destroy a defensive end or a linebacker, when you can line up in the backfield and be a, a lead blocker, when you can line up in the slot and beat a cornerback. When you can beat a safe a safety at that at uh, at tight end, you're going to just find yourself on the field a lot at the next level, 
And eventually, I think the like the receiving he wasn't used the way he could have been at Notre Dame because the Michael Mayer was there because uh, Cole Komet was there. I think we're really seeing is a very similar situation to T.J. Hawkinson and Noah Fant at Iowa. You had Noah Fant, who was the you know athletic tight end that everyone knew about, and T.J. Hawkinson was just the blocking guy that no one ever, no one you know really realized was that good of a player until the draft came around. And I think that that's what we're seeing with Tommy Tremble. Um, I just don't know that there is another player in this class who can line up in line, <laughs> destroy a linebacker or a de- defensive end, then move to the slot and, and, and be a lead blocker on a wide receiver screen, move to the backfield, be a lead blocker on a run, move back to the slot, and we're going to beat a cornerback on a seam route. Like I, I don't think Kyle Pitts does that. I don't think Pat Fire. Pat Firemuth does that. I don't think Brevin Jordans does that. Um, now I haven't watched all of them, but I just I I'm just you know sticking up for my guy here. I don't think that there's another player who is as versatile and as athletic as he is going to be. I think that you know if he would have gone to a pro day, if they were, excuse me uh, the combine, he's one of the players who could have broken uh, really broken the combine, being six four two. 50 and you know run a four five five something like that do well in the shuttle drill be very athletic he's going to be a better receiving tight end um at the next level than he uh than he was um uh in college i that, that we could be looking at a george kittle here we could be we could be and he's still like under the radar i tweet about players and there are a lot of players that get a lot of likes and retweets and stuff. You tweet about Tommy Tremble and people just there's like you don't it's like it you didn't even tweet anything at all. Like nobody nobody cares and he's just a player that I'm really excited about because he there's got to be a reason that he came out as a junior, as a true junior. Um he could have stayed and been fine and and been, you know, still a part of that Notre Dame offense, even with Michael Mayer there. They used multiple tight ends. But it seems like the NFL said, nope, it's time for you to come. And he's going to be 21, uh, 21.3 years old by the time the season starts. He's not even 21 yet. His birthday's in, in June. So he's not even 21 yet. Um, you know, so he's just a player that I'm I'm really high on. And I was thinking about potential um landing spots for him and what like what's like a a team that is an explosive offense a creative offense that also runs the ball that could you know where where Tommy Tremble could kind of develop uh into a pass catcher while he's leaning on his blocking what about Dallas you know what if you put him in Dallas with Dak Prescott and try to revitalize um Ezekiel Elliott there, I think that he would be a perfect fit for that team, especially with all the eyes on Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. I I think Dallas would be a great spot for him. So that's my report on Tommy Tremble. If you guys got anything or questions for me, hit me up. What do you see his draft range being then? I mean, you said that you think that he probably heard from the NFL that that they like him a lot for him to have left at this point in his developments. Um, do you think he goes day two? Do you think he's early day three? Like where, what do you think his range is? See, even the players like comparing him to George Kittle, George Kittle was a fourth round pick, even as well as he did athletically, you know, he was Kittle wasn't um, a player who was overly productive in college. 
I think that I see I see him being taken in the third or fourth round. And if he is, to me, that's that's still high enough draft capital to be excited about him because he's going to be used as a as a chess piece. And I just I you know I have a good gauge for how the NFL ba- values the running back position, the quarterback position. I don't know that I have a a good sense for um, what the NFL values at the tight end position yet because we saw like Drew Sample go in the second round. I'm like. Well, why is Drew Sample going in the second round? This this player is is you know worlds better than somebody like Drew Drew Sample, and so I wouldn't be like I think he's talented enough to go in the in the second round, but I don't have a good grasp for you know what the L- NFL is doing in in evaluating this position. So you know I think if he fell out of the fourth round, I would I would be surprised. Um, and if he was in the second round, I would be surprised. So somewhere third, fourth round, that's where I see him going. You started describing your ideal situation for him and, um, you, you know, dynamic offense. And I, I, I was starting to think like, oh, maybe he's talking about the Rams. I think the Rams would be an interesting spot where they run a lot of two tight end stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. They have uh, Gerald Everett is leaving after this year. So they need a second tight end. And the Rams don't have a lot of early picks, so he could be a guy that maybe they they take a swing on if he's there in you know the fourth round or whatever, and, and maybe that works out for him. And that's really interesting because some of Matthew Stafford's best seasons have been when they were running two tight end with Scott Linehan and Brandon Pettigrew and Tony Scheffler on the other side. And so um, I uh, I like that call too. Yeah, I was going to bring up the tight ends because you mentioned uh, the Cowboys. And, I mean, they've got Jarwin, who's likely going to be able to play this year after the ACL injury because that was pretty early on. And then they've got Schultz as well, who they really seem to like. So another team that I like outside of the Rams, I was thinking was maybe Cincinnati because you see a lot of people kind of pairing or wanting them to take Kyle Pitts early in the first round or maybe even Pat Fryermuth in the second but if they try and beef up that offensive line and grab some defensive players, a guy like Tommy Tremble might be a better pick later on in the third or fourth round for them to help kind of pair, give Joe Burrow a nice tight end target to throw to and help Joe Mixon some in that running game. Because that's definitely been, in my opinion, their their biggest weakness is not being able to get that running game going. Yeah, I yeah. think it'd probably help protect Burrow too a little bit. You know, Just any, if, if you're a plus blocker at the position, they probably are giving you a look this offseason with what they did to that poor kid this past year. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad when we've got a Browns fan and a Steelers fan on here. We're both feeling really, really bad for the Bengals quarterback. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, Joe Burrow's the man, though. I don't I don't have any issues with the only team I really hate in the AFC North are the Ratbirds. I can deal with the other two. It's just the Ratbirds. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't know. Maybe if the Browns get good here, you know, they might get a little big for their britches. I don't know. I don't know. Nah, nah. With a guy like Baker Mayfield as grounded as he is, no way. No shot. No shot whatsoever. No what you're talking about. Just to just close on Tommy Tremble, I mean, I think that this is really how you build equity in teams is when you find that third, fourth round pick who ends up hitting. I mean, that's the most exciting thing for me. And both of the players, like, you know, Tremble should be a third, fourth round draft pick in Dynasty Rookie Drafts. The next guy I'm going to talk about is going to be a UDFA or, or day three pick in the NFL draft, and he should be absolutely free um, for anybody who wants to get him, so. Well, that's what I was going to ask you really quick, Felix, for, before we move off of Tremble. So say that he does end up on one of those offenses we just talked about, any of those three or even any good offense, where would you target him in a rookie draft? Uh, assuming Pitts, Jordan, and Fryermuth all go ahead of him, would he be that fourth guy you're trying to grab off the board? 
Yeah, I think I like him more than Hunter Long, man. I just do. So uh, and, and if you're in, t- in tight end premium, I think the draft capital is going to tell us, you know, what we need to know and how much they value him. Um, so, but yeah, I, I think I like him more than more than Hunter Long. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if Hunter Long is drafted before him. And it's just, you know, that's just somebody that I skip over because I'm going to take Tommy, Tommy Tremble later. And especially like in, you know, a non super flex, these tight ends end up just not like getting drafted or. Yeah. And so you can, you can really wait and, and pick up a player like this and at, to put them on your taxi squad and, or hold on to them and, and see what happens. But, but he has the athleticism to be so I, I mean I th- I didn't even make a player comparison but I, I was thinking he reminds me at the size and his speed and athleticism you got to think about like Johnu Smith uh Irv Smith Delaney Walker like that range of player these guys who are who are smaller tight ends but more athletic and that's and that's that's what he is that's what Tommy Tremble is yeah yeah um do you want to do Davidson now, or do you want somebody else to go and then circle back to you? Why don't we, I don't want to do all that talking. All so let's circle <laughs> back to me on on, on Davidson. <laughs> Felix got to save that that beautiful voice here for the end. All right, we can do that. Um, I'll hop in with Gray, I guess. Like we said, we'll save Jordan here uh, for later. Um, so Noah Gray, uh, the Duke tight end, um, not necessarily a school that you think is cranking out a ton of NFL prospects that maybe you're interested in for fantasy purposes. Um, but gray, I, I like him. He was a three-star kid initially out of high school. He's from the Massachusetts Duke was really his only decent offer. I mean, he had Toledo temple, New Hampshire, Delaware, Bryant, Fordham, app state, and Monmouth. And then Duke. It's not exactly like a who's who of, uh, powerhouse offers, um, especially compared to some of the other guys here that we're talking about tonight. Uh, but he went to Duke and, uh, didn't uh, played a little bit as a as a freshman there. Not not a ton of game time. It, it played in four games, five catches, thirty seven yards, two touchdowns. So he had a role, um, which is you know nice for a kid like that, especially with to the rest of his raw offers were so poor that he was able to go to a power five team and and do a little something there with Daniel Jones as his quarterback. Um, and Jones was there his sophomore year as well, and he continued to kind of develop there with Jones. Uh, in nine games, he had 20 catches, 234 yards and a touchdown. That's pretty good for a tight end in college. You know, a lot of teams don't necessarily run their offense through a tight end. So that was definitely a, a promising second year. His third year, though, is really where I think he kind of came on radars, uh, both for, you know, NFL teams and then, you know, college or campus to Canton guys and stuff like that. Um, it, it, his third year there on campus, he ended up having uh, 51 catches, 392 yards and three touchdowns. Um, and then this past year, uh, kind of a throwaway year for everybody. And that Duke offense wasn't exactly prolific, 29 catches, 285, two touchdowns. So he was consistently like the third option kind of there in that offense, which, which is, is like I said, good for a tight end. Cause a lot of teams don't really run a lot of stuff through that position. Um, so just looking at kind of the player that gray is, he is six, four, two forty, and he is only 21 years old right now. He'll be 22 by the time the season rolls around right around draft time. Uh, is his birthday. Um, but so, so decent size, maybe you want to see him gain a little bit of weight um, at, at that, that height, but I don't think it, he, he's a guy you're necessarily having to project him gaining a ton. Um, 
as as a player, I think he is very sure-handed. I think that's probably one of his best traits. Um, when he was in college, let me see here. He had three drops and 141 targets. That's really, really good. I mean, that's that's as about as good as you're going to see from a college player, a 2.1% drop rate. Um, and every in other aspects, I think he's pretty good. You know, he's a pretty good athlete. He's a pretty good blocker, but I think he can definitely gain some size and some strength and work on that. I think he's uh, pretty good after the catch, but like not, uh, you know, some explosive guy like that. So he's going to fall in some drafts, but I think that he is a good athlete. I think he's an NFL level athlete, and I think he wouldn't be um, like I think he'd be a, a, a solid athlete at the position for the NFL. Um other than that, he is very versatile. They lined him up in the slot, in line, fullback. They motioned him around a lot um, and, and used him in a lot of different ways. So I think having that in his um, you know, toolbox is a really good thing going to the NFL. Um, he, like I said, he's not a great blocker, but he is willing. So if you're not a great blocker in college, if I can at least see that you know, you're willing to get in there, you know, put a, a hat on somebody, that's that's great. Um and I think he's like a smooth athlete. He's a smoother athlete than a sudden athlete, um, which I think if I have to choose one for a tight end, I'd probably prefer them be a little bit smoother. Um, just the nature of how big some of these guys have to get, you know, if you, if they get too big, you worry that at some point they lose that suddenness. Uh, but that fluidity is always a nice thing for them to have. Um, not a great route runner, but okay at it. I think he's going to be kind of like a seam buster kind of guy in the NFL where that that's going to be his main role. If you want him catching a lot of passes in the NFL. Um, and from all reports, he was invited to the shrine bowl this year, but obviously they weren't having the shrine game. So he, um, or, or Jim Nagy ended up giving a lot of invites to some of these kids to come to the senior bowl and practice with them through the week, just to get some of the experience with the coaching staff, um, and, and get to interact with some other kids. And by all accounts, he looked like he definitely belonged at the game. He had what a lot of people were calling the catch of the week. He had that really nice one-handed grab um, and just really didn't look out of place, which is a nice thing when some of the other guys there were your Hunter Longs and your Kenny Yaboas and, and some of these guys that are thought of as early day three picks maybe. Um, so I think that he can do it in the NFL, and I think he can – end up being just as good as a Hunter Long or a Kenny Yaboa in the NFL. He's just a guy that I think is going to need a year or two to kind of get to that point. So I'm, I'm saying that I think he's a mid day three pick. I think that's if, if your team takes him before then you're probably a little bit disappointed and then player comp wise. Uh, I don't really have a great player comp from him. Maybe like a, it's so hard because you you give out like a very uninspiring name at this point with like how you describe <laughs> this guy, but like tight end such a crapshoot that that's any of these guys can end up hitting. I'm gonna say like Dan Arnold maybe, but I like Dan Arnold is like kind of exciting. And if a couple things went Dan Arnold's way when he was younger, you know maybe we'd be a little more excited for him for fantasy purposes. So while that doesn't sound like the most the most exciting thing that I could say about this kid. I think he's a really good player. I think he can make a name for himself in the NFL. And I think that he's a guy that maybe if I miss out on a tremble and I miss out on the Yaboas and the longs and kind of all these players that if I have a spot on my taxi and a tight end premium, I'm okay stashing him for a year or two. 
That, I was going to ask, like, do you see yourself actually drafting him or is he somebody who's going to be out there on the waiver wire where, where you're just kind of mo- monitoring? <laughs> yeah, unless you're in a really deep league, I don't think he's going to be somebody that I'm that I'm attempting to draft. Um, but I, I like him more than a lot of the other guys in this class. Like if I look at my list, like I have him in the same range as like Kylan Granson, who people seem to be fairly high on. Um, like a Tony Pouljean, however you say his last name, um, like a, a, a Nick Eubanks. Like I think he's he's a little bit better than all of those guys. So once you get past the top five or six names, I I don't see any issue with with saying he's the seventh guy. And that's probably fair. I mean, I don't think he, the seventh tight end is probably not getting drafted a whole bunch in in yeah. in most leagues. So. I mean, there's barely seven NFL tight ends we like. So right, right, <laughs> but yeah, right. Well. Yeah, I got, I got nothing to add. Nothing. I, to I add. figured there wouldn't be a lot of comments. He's just a guy that I've liked for a couple of years. I've seen him flash enough that I think he's he's got NFL potential, and so, um, and, and I just really like to hear that he did really well at the Senior Bowl this week, um, as being a guy that wasn't even truly invited to it and, and looked just as good as some of the other guys. I think that that bodes well for him moving forward. All right. You want me to jump into uh, Mr. Uh, the punter, the punter, the, the one punter that we're talking about this season? <laughs> um, Zach Davidson is – he doesn't have a 24-7 page. He is not someone that most are talking about. Um, but I think that, that we're going to start hearing his name as we move closer to the NFL draft is someone – that um that folks are really excited about. Uh, I'll I'll definitely be looking for his pro day numbers. Zach Davidson is a tight end out of Central Missouri in Division Two. Um, he's from Webb City, Missouri. As I mentioned, he was a punter in high school. His junior season, he was a punter only, standout basketball player. Senior season, really. Only a punter until they made it to the they got to the playoffs and the coach put him in at tight end and he made some play, he made enough plays to make all district tight end you know with just playing two or three games at the position but was a first team all conference punter he's coming out of Webb City Missouri Webb City High School and he didn't have a lot of interest he got uh, recruited as a punter from Missouri Southern, Pitt State, and and Central Missouri. Decided to go to Central Missouri because the co- coach said, we'll let you p- try out at tight end, even though you're going to be playing um, even though you're going to be playing punter. So he came, it's funny, he came, comes in as a similar weight as Tommy Tremble, around 225 pounds, but this dude is 6'6". Six, six. He's 6'6", six, six, added 25 pounds his freshman season so now he's 6'6 250 and he could probably still add weight okay now he had he, he's 6'6 250 and he's playing and he's still punting but he's slowly getting you know into the office in 2016 he red shirts 2017 nothing and not only was he a punter but he's like got all the records for central missouri and punting average so he was an exceptional punter 2018 he starts getting his feet wet at tight end um 11 for 239 and three. And then 2019 is where he kind of blows up. On He has 900 yards on just 40 catches and 15 touchdowns. 
He's putting up ridiculous numbers like five for 225 and three against Missouri Western, seven for 176 and four against Missouri Southern, five for 173 and two against Central Oklahoma. Did nothing against Ferris State, who was my, my alma mater's rival um, in the championship game. But this is a player who, and I've posted a few uh, videos on him, who at 6'6", 250 pounds, he doesn't move at all like some lumbering, um, stumbling tight end. He is a very fluid athlete. I guess what you would expect for a basketball player, he can run after the catch. He can get behind linebackers. Now, those are Division II linebackers, but still got still got to do it. He can get behind linebackers. He can run after the catch, and he can run away from people. And, again, he's 6'6", so he can play the box out red zone game if you want to. Now, he's not overly physical. And at 6'6", 250, he could probably still add 15 pounds and go up to 265. And now he has, you know, the requisite kind of thickness for the position. But he he in in Austin, I mean, you've you've commented on some of the videos that I've posted, just how athletic he looks at that size. Um Fluid athlete who looks like a natural running, even double moves, getting behind defenses. You don't see a tight end at any level running like that. He has a long, lanky basketball run, uh, long, lanky basketball run after the catch ability. What I mean by that is he's not, he's like a smooth athlete. He's not necessarily explosive. Um, I would say he has, but he has exceptional lateral agility for a player that size. He's not. Definitely not physical. He's more of a glider. We I talked about Tommy Tremble on the one hand. Tommy Tremble, violence is his game. With this guy, it's being very smooth. And if you think about what Donald Parham Parham was coming out of Stetson, um, kind of a long, lanky, athletic dude. I think I would like Zach Davidson more than Donald Parham. Donald Parham was playing for the Chargers this season and played pretty well with them using that athleticism. There are, um, I think that there are a lot of different body types that can succeed at wide receiver kind of, but less so at running back. I don't, I don't know that that's true at tight end. There's kind of like a prototype that you have to fit that makes, that makes it easier to determine, to determine, you know, this guy's going to be good. And I think that he fits that prototype. He has the requisite height. He has the requisite weight, and he can add to that. And he has the requisite athleticism. And so, like, this analysis really isn't that hard. It's just a matter of is he going to get the opportunity to to develop? Obviously, his cons are level of competition. He has one year of production, but that one year was quite a doozy. And And then his size. But so this isn't this is not a player that I think that anyone will be necessarily drafting, but I'm damn sure going to be paying attention to his pro day. I'm damn go- sure going to be adding him to a watch list. Um, and in my deeper leagues, in my 32 team league, in my 16 team league, I probably will roster him or come very close to it. Or so. Um, 
That is Zach Davidson's story. Just in sum, a a very natural athlete for his size. Explosive. Not again. Nine hundred yards on forty catches. I don't know what that. Is. I think that that's like eighteen or nineteen yards a catch. And uh, th- like this is the type of player that gets me excited. Like I don't like talking about whether or not J- Jamar Chase is good or whether or not uh, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields is good. It's like digging for a player like this is really what gets me excited because this is the this is the three point shot from half court. You know, is reach is is touting a player like Zach Davidson. So that's uh, as Zach. Where do you have him ranked with the rest of this class? Oh, I have no. I mean, you know, I don't. I don't do. I don't do rankings. I. I don't do rankings. It's just like I feel the same way I felt about you know Preston Williams and um, Deontay Johnson and Scotty Miller, like in Ryan Nall. I mean, some of these players I've missed on Chad Kelly. Like I've. I've these these types of players that ooh, like that player could be something um one day and sometimes it's Preston Williams sometimes it's that it ends up being Chad Kelly sometimes it's uh uh what's his name he was drafted with Ryan Broyle Patrick Edwards who nobody knows who Patrick Edwards is Houston wide receiver um coming out you know sometimes it's that player but sometimes they do turn out to be something so I wouldn't have him ranked anywhere I would just say that ooh he that's somebody we need to pay attention to. That's somebody I don't want to be surprised by. Like I want to remember that name so that I can pick him up before, before anyone else does. So, I mean, is he a guy that obviously I would imagine he's not going to get drafted in any rookie drafts, even, even with you as being as high on him as you are, is he a guy that you grab off the the free agency wire before say the NFL or before I guess preseason starts maybe where he gets a chance to make a name for himself. If you see a couple guys on your roster, you may not like in a deeper league. Is he a guy you'd grab and stash for sure? Who is that tight end for the Dallas Cowboys? And I can picture his body and face. He was um, just a, an athlete who uh, – oh, Austin, come on, man. Recent years, sort of, R- Rico Gather? Rico Gathers. Rico Gathers, yes. Remember when Rico Gathers had that, like, one game? I stashed him everywhere. Like, <laughs> I stashed him everywhere. Yes. I mean, that's what I could see happening with somebody like Zach Davidson because Rico Gathers had a little bit of buzz because everybody knew the athlete that he was. And then he had that game in the preseason. It was the preseason, but he had, I mean, he looked good and, uh, you know, kind of went off and, and everybody went and stashed him. I could see something like that happening. I actually don't understand why Rico Gathers didn't end up being a thing. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. I think so, he had, like, a horrible, horrible concussion or something. Like, it was well, something like up, that. that, that he They ended up, like, moving him to left tackle at some point. I mean, it was – his story was ridiculous. But um, I could see something like that happening with Zach Davidson. Is like, you know, everybody kind of knows who this player is, and then they see him in the preseason and like, oh, snap, that guy doesn't move, you know – like mo- like like a lot of people that size, um, and then they go end up stashing him. So it's just a you know for our audience, it's a name to write down to pay attention when March comes around and you see his pro day and if he if he runs like a four six flat, that's good for that size, you know. So um, just somebody to pay attention to. 
Yeah, I don't have anything to add. Um, is, yeah, he good, is he a good enough punter that like he could do double duty or no? Like you don't want him actually punting in the NFL. I haven't watched. I haven't watched any of his punting. I just know that he like holds all the records for punting at Central Missouri, and he you know was first team All Conference in high school. Um, but maybe I mean that would be fun. Saves you a roster spot. Your backup tight end and your punter, and you know right, right. So so that's that. That's Zach Davidson, folks. Pay attention. Look, look for Zach Davidson. This is, he's another one. Like I tweet about Zach Davidson. No retweets, no likes, no interaction whatsoever. It's just like people skip right over it. Oh, he he liked your most recent tweet. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He, he did, commented yeah. on it. I know he did, and then he deleted it for some reason because I saw it pop up on there. I was all excited for you. I had not much else going on this weekend, so I was, well, my, I, was I was trolling through all that stuff. My boy Austin Watkins recently recently followed me. It only took like a year of of talking about Austin <laughs> Watkins. So. Hey. Uh. Hey, you know what? That's better than so- some of us have been stalking players for a long time and we can't even get a like on our tweets. So, hey, if you get a guy to follow you, you should be pretty happy about that. All right, so is it time for me to take the easy guy? Talk about the talk about the best tight end here. I, I always seem to, t- seem to take the easiest one to talk about. So I'm going to talk about Brevin Jordan. Uh, when he was coming into college, he was widely regarded as the top high school tight end. Was ranked number one by ESPN and two four seven, and was number two uh, with rivals behind Jeremy Ruckert, actually, which I thought was was fairly interesting of uh, of Ohio State. Kyle Pitts down at five, which is amazing to see now how the three of those have kind of shifted uh, to where they are now. So as a freshman, uh, he played in twelve of thirteen games, but only started eleven of them. He caught thirty two passes, two hundred eighty seven yards, and four touchdowns. He earned the mid season freshman All American uh, recognition from ESPN. Uh, he did miss his final game due to an injury, but uh, did end up earning second team A All ACC honors uh, in his freshman season. Sophomore year uh, was his probably more standout year here. His sophomore and junior years were really good. Kind of really started putting his name up out uh, in in draft circles. He started ten games. Uh, he played in, uh, yeah, ranked third on the team with 35 receptions, second with 495 receiving yards, had two touchdowns, did not play in the Independence Bowl versus Louisiana Tech, though, due to injury again, which does worry me a little bit. He has missed quite a few games here because of injury, uh, but again, was named to the All-ACC first team, earned All-ACC honors from the Associated Press as well, and ended up being a one of the top three finalists in the John Mackey Award, which for those of you who don't know, honors obviously the nation's top tight end, which is obviously a big deal. So to be named up there as just a sophomore is a pretty cool thing for him. And then his junior year this past season, obviously due to COVID, it was a little bit of a shorter season, just all conference games. So it was just eight games, but he did play in all of them. Had a very impre- impressive year, 38 38 receptions, 576 yards, and four touchdowns. Uh, did miss, despite, I'm sorry, missed three games in here. So, fuck, I'm doing bad at this again already. So, did miss three games here, two the year before that, one the year before that. So, again, goes into him missing a lot of games here, which is one of the big things I do not like about him. But had a really good game in the bowl game, a uh, cheese-it bowl against Oklahoma State. Eight receptions for 96 yards and two touchdowns. Again, named uh, the se- semifinalist for the Mackey Award winner, earned all ACC second team recognition um, for this junior year. So six, what did I have him at here? Was it six three two forty five? That's probably wrong. Where did it go here? Oh, yeah, six three two forty five. So he's a bigger tight end. I do like that. His strengths. 
that I have down on here are definitely his hands. I do like that he extends his hands to the ball when he's trying to make the catch. He does have a lot of drops, nine drops in the past three years. So that's obviously not something you want to see out of him anyways. But I do think he has very sure hands, a lot like uh, Noah Gray that Austin was talking about earlier. His versatility is what really is intriguing to me. You can find Jordan lined up all over the field at times in the slot. They line him up at running back. They in the backfield. It's ridiculous. Uh, the way they used him, if you really want to see what I'm talking about, check out that North Carolina game. There's times in that game where he is used all over the field, in the slot, in the backfield. They even have him running the ball at times. It's it's very intriguing seeing the way that they use him all over the field uh, for Miami. He's a true weapon uh, back there. His Yak ability is obviously the thing everybody's talking about. If you follow some of the guys and if you watch our after hour show, we've talked about it a little bit. There's a, there's a lot of people who have moved Jordan to the number one tight end in this class because of this. And it is by far his best thing. When, when he gets the ball in his hands, he is extremely dangerous. That's what he's become known for is what he can do after he gets the ball. Uh, it is fun to watch him run almost I wouldn't say like a running back, but the, the way he he makes moves after the catch is very it's very fun to watch. As soon as he gets that ball in his hand, he's gone. Uh, and you can see it as well in his stats when you see he's averaged 15 yards a catch over the past two years. So just that alone shows you he's a very explosive weapon at the tight end position. My summary for him is, is he's an all-around tight end who should transition well into the NFL. He's not a great blocker, but I do appreciate the effort that he puts in there. He's not someone who's just going to get blown by every time. He does put in good effort. He can be used as receiver or runner out of the backfield, lines up all over the field, uh, but and due to his hands and route running ability, he can beat just about anybody on the field. If put in the right offense and used the right way, I think Jordan could be an absolute beast in the NFL for fantasy year one. Draft capital for me, it's it's really hard to gauge. I think Felix mentioned it, and, and Austin might have as well. It's hard to tell sometimes where the NFL values these guys. Like we all assume Kyle Pitts is going to be a first round pick. Some people think Pat Fryermuth is better, as I just mentioned. Some people think Brevin Jordan's better. I can't see any way he goes in the first round. I would imagine he's somewhere in the second or third round. And if he goes there, I still think he's going to be likely the second or third tight end off the board in your fantasy drafts. I can't see any way he goes above Pitts, at least for me. I still think Pitts is by far the better tight end here, and I would still take Fryermuth over him. Uh, but he is locked in as my third guy, and I think he's closer to Fryermuth than those two are to, to Pitts, if that makes sense. It's not a big gap from Pitts to Fryermuth, but I think Jordan is closer to Fryermuth. Uh, some of the landing spots I put on here I thought would be really good for him to go to. I mentioned Cincinnati when Felix was talking about Tremble. I put that on here for Jordan as well. Uh, New England, I think, would be really exciting. Just kind of the way, not comparing him to Gronk or Aaron Hernandez, but the way they use those two guys in New England back in the day, I think would be great for him to go there. I also put Pittsburgh and uh, Carolina or Arizona were another couple that really intrigued me. I think we might spend like that third round pick to possibly get a tight end. I think all those offenses, he would be uh, he'd be amazing. And so that's kind of my breakdown on on one of the better tight ends here in this class. One problem I have with the tight ends is like, when do I draft them in rookie drafts? Because, you know, should I take Brevin Jordan before um, Amon Ross St. Brown? I mean, in rookie drafts, you're always paying attention to those wide receivers, wide receivers and running backs. Like, should I take Brevin Jordan before Kenny Gainwell or Terrence Marshall? And I just, it's always, it's, it's, it feels like it's one of those things where you just have to go up. And, and grab that player and there's no necessarily rhyme or reason or rationale for when you take them it's just i don't know what what do you think what do you think as far as where where would you be comfortable taking Re really any i mean you know because Pitts is going to go early yeah. probably in the first round of rookie drafts 
Then what do we do with the second and third tight ends? Where do we take them? So I think it's going to be very interesting. I think I'm going to end up with Jordan more than any of the other tight ends because I feel like he's going to be the one that falls because I could see Fryermuth getting drafted fairly early as well, like maybe early second. And I, I still uh, – NFL draft for Frymouth. In the in rookie drafts, I think he'll probably go mid-late second. And I would think once Fryermuth goes, those people who really need a tight end are probably going to try and grab Jordan. So my guess would be end of the second, maybe early third. And I think that's probably where I'd feel comfortable taking him. I still think all the guys that you mentioned, I would rather have on my team because I know next year's tight end class is not as deep. You've got really, I think, Ruckert, Weidermeyer, the two that are popping up the top of my head. I'm probably forgetting. No, Weidermeyer's above Rucker. It's just, you know, Ohio State's always first that pops up in my head. So, but those are the top two. I think I don't, I can't think of anybody else who, who's there's, I know there's at least one more guy who's probably going to be good next year. I, I like a lot of the tight ends next year, to be honest. Like, there's no, um, there's no Kyle Pitts, and there's nobody, there's no right. Friermuth. But then I have Weidermeyer, Kate Otten, Jeremy Rucker, Julio Billingsley, Grant Calcaterra, Sam Laporta, um, and then the Charlie Kohler. Like, there's a lot of like intriguing guys, but it's all kind of like the same guy. So I'm not really yeah. sure like which one goes first. But and so that's I, yeah. yeah. So that that's the thing for me is that if you're not going to get pit like. I think Jordan is the one I'm the most not sold on, if that makes sense. Like, I really can't see a way Pitts or Fryermuth fail in the NFL unless they get injured. And I really like Jordan, but I'm kind of more worried, as I said in there, I think he has to go to the right offense that's going to use him the right way. And I'll use a guy that, you know, you just talked about comparing Tremble to kind of Jonu Smith earlier, Felix. And, and I kind of feel like that's the where Jordan's going to go, like, we all see John who Smith has a ton of potential and at times Tennessee uses him the right ways, but at times they don't. And so then for us in fantasy, he doesn't really pan out for you. Like he has that shot to be a top 12 guy, but he doesn't where I think Fryermuth and Pitts will not have that problem. They're going to be studs wherever they go. I think Jordan might have to have it schemed for him a little bit more than those other two. So if you're talking about a bunch of, you know, I'm, Depending on who's on my board, if I'm looking low-end wide receiver two, running back twos, maybe I'll grab a Jordan if he's still there just to kind of maybe shore up that tight end room. But for the like I said, the guys you named in Amon Ross St. Brown and Kenneth Gainwell, even though I'm not as big on Gainwell as others, I still think I'd rather take those two over Jordan than Jordan over them. Yeah, does um do you uh, did you say Evan Ingram at all? Did you talk about Evan Ingram at all in the context of Brevin Jordan? No, I I didn't. I don't. I'm, okay. I'm trying not to come do the comparisons because okay. I got called out for my my ones on. Uh, what was it Jamar Jefferson when I compared him to Kareem Hunt? A lot of people were kind of said about that. So should have stuck with the Devonta Freeman one. Felix gave me. So I'm just gonna stick with the. I'm just gonna stick with. I think he's gonna be a good tight end. I don't. I'm not gonna do comps because I hate doing them anyways. So I think the Engram thing scares people a little bit because I think that like yeah, it, even if you don't comp them to them like skill set wise, they are comparable and they both have hands issues. Yeah. And, and I've, yeah, and I find yeah. I find that those issues very rarely like rectify themselves in the NFL. So I agree with you that those are it's a riskier play, or maybe is the upsides there. But you have a chance where the thing is though, Evan Ingram held his value for a very long time. Yeah. Like he he went through like two terrible years before people were finally willing to give up on him. So I think there's if you draft Jordan and he flashes, there's time to get out before you know the house burns down, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, and I think with 
with that, though, too, with Brevin Jordan, I mean, if you're getting him, say, in the early third round, at that point, I'm willing to take that stab on him, right? Like, I'm willing to take him third round of a rookie draft. Now, I'm not going to go early second. If I get him early third, I'm willing to take that risk on him and, and hope that he ends up panning out. And even, as you just mentioned, holding his value like Evan Ingram did. Yeah. I was trying to pull up my rankings really quick to see if I could get a better uh, an idea here of how we would do this. So... Let's see here. Oh, no. Wrong page. Trying to see if I can get a list of guys that maybe you guys would take them, where you guys would end up taking them on here. So wide receivers, like where would – um, like I saw toward the bottom of my tier two, I've got guys like Sage Surratt, Kadarius Tony, Seth Williams, Daz Newsome. Would you take him over any of those guys? Probably all of them, to be honest. All what do them? you think? Yeah, what do you think, Felix? I mean, I would rather have Newsom and um, and Williams. I would rather have Newsom and Williams over Jordan. Mm-hmm. And then, like, so I was looking right around that area for my running backs, and I would definitely take most of these guys: Carter, Hubbard, Hill, uh, Khalil Herbert, Elijah Mitchell. I might even take Mit- uh, Mitchell. Would be hard for me because they're right at that, like Hawkins, Scott, Patterson. I think I'd rather take Brevin Jordan at that point. Yeah, I agree with that. Are, are we talking tight end premium in this situation? See, tight end premium, he shoots up for me yeah. because of because of his versatility. I think I would take, but that's where you probably end up having to take him mid second, early second. I think because I think you'll see Pitts and Fryermuth go early, and then a lot of people, I think they're going to know Brevin Jordan's name because of how much people are talking about him that he's going to go early too. Yeah, I think in tight end premium, like two five is where like you know the spidey senses start tingling and you start, you start worrying that somebody else is going to come in and snag him. Yeah, um, and at that point, like it does, it's not even about like the names that are still on the board. It's just more of like, a, well, if I don't take him now, that I'm not getting him. You know yeah. what I mean? So, um, and I think the 203 is about my cutoff for Fryermuth. I think. Yeah, yeah. If it's tight end premium, I think I would almost imagine Pitts. If if you're talking super flex tight end premium, I could see both Fryermuth and Pitts going, or uh, Fryermuth and Jordan going second round. But if it's just tight end premium, I, I think Fryermuth ends up going in the first. You, I would imagine you're gonna see someone grab him late first in most of the drafts. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Any uh, any last thoughts here, guys, and anybody that we talked about or? Anybody that we didn't talk about or no? No. What are we doing next week? Uh, we haven't done quarterback in a while. Do we want to circle back to that or? We could do that. Okay. It's time for Zach Wilson. It's time <laughs> oh, for boy. Zach Wilson discussion. <laughs> I like how you said that too. That was very dramatic. Yeah. I just slowly swept in and said that and then you dipped back. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but he, Felix was muted. He literally yeah. unmuted to say that and then muted it right <laughs> Uh, oh. all right. so we have zach wilson who do you want matt i, I have no want. idea yeah i don't know i don't remember who we talked about last time because i know we didn't talk yeah. about the top guys i don't remember i talked about ritter that's right because that ritter hadn't ritter had uh decided he was coming back yet so you you switched to did you switch to fields last minute because ritter no okay. i did ritter i switched on uh we did i think did he switched do? on that one too no, I didn't because we did the wide receiver show, and that was right when uh, – did I switch? I don't remember switching. I, I don't know. I, I guess I could go back and look at the show summaries that's, here. But that's, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm pretty sure I talked Ritter. 
Maybe I did switch. I don't even know anymore, man. Let's see here. Devi debate. Go through old episodes if my phone loads here. Draft uh yeah, we talked we talked Trey Lance, Kellen Mond. Oh, that's right. I did Lance. I did Lance. That's right. Because I wanted to save I wanted to save Fields for the time that's that he talked Zach Wilson because that's obviously probably gonna be like what our show is most known for is the Fields Wilson debate. So Okay. I mean, I can, if we want to do that, then I'll talk Trevor Lawrence and then we can just call it a day, you know, talk, talk yeah, our, that's fine our, with me. our big names here. Might as well do them at some point. So yeah. Get cool. them out of the way. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Wonderful. So there you go, guys. Uh, yeah. I think you definitely are going to have to tune in for that one. Um, so yeah. All right. I think that's all we've got. Um, Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama. Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama. And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. Their 17th overall. And for Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks to the end zone. Hunter and Bell caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro. And Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill, just in front of his end zone, has a man out there. It is Ranger, and he's off to the races. Nobody will catch him. Freshman. Made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry. He'll add to that. Goodbye. Touchdown, Ohio State. From 52 yards.